Welcome to 90s Noise. I'm April, born 1991. And I'm Ashley, born in 1988. All right, Ashley. So this round was movies and I got, got kind of interesting. You sent me a text and was saying, hey, uh, we're skipping a couple of movies we were initially going to talk about. So go into go into detail on why why you decided to scrap a couple movies that we had talked about we were originally going to do problem child the first one and the second one and after re-watching them because I haven't seen them since I was a kid and I felt like I remembered as a kid that I really loved them and I enjoyed them and thought they were so great and then re-watching them now I was like "Ooh, these aren't so good I honestly didn't want to put you through the movie experience that they offered the only really good redeeming quality about the movies were was that John Ritter was in them which I'm sure you remember him from a lot of other great things he definitely gave it his all in those movies but unfortunately there just was nothing else that they could do so I do want to t- do touch base a little bit. I I watched part of the first problem child and I got to where they were driving away with junior from the orphanage and I completely and early understand where you're coming from because <laughs> I was sitting there watching it and I, it was almost kind of like having to take medicine that you don't want to take in a sense uh it was just it was it was hard to even get that far into it and I could see why it was it was maybe good back then and enjoyable back then now just no <laughs> yeah it was very cringe re-watching it and honestly after looking it up it, it didn't really appeared to do that well even back when it was released to be honest Mm -hmm. so I don't even know how we got our hands on it and as a family how we watched it I'm just very curious as to the decision my parents made to be like oh this looks like a a good movie for us to watch because yeah just I don't recommend it honestly it's really not that great so instead we we changed our direction and went and tried our luck at some animation couple animated films that we watched rescuers down under and then we also wa- rewatched jetsons the movie so which would you like to jump into first ashley let's start with the jetsons okay <laughs> <laughs> okay so did you remember ever watching this as a kid so i remember bits and pieces of it i uh once we got to the end when they're doing their detectiving investigation on why the plant keeps breaking down. I remember those characters. I remember I always liked things that looked cute and cuddly. And so I absolutely love those characters because they look like little, like little teddy bears almost. I, I definitely remember those characters specifically more than the movie itself honestly (laughs) it was it was definitely interesting to say the least uh re-watching it because it's been so long probably at least 25 years since I've seen that movie yeah I re-watched it thinking I was going to remember it and I have no recollection so I'm not really sure if I ever really did watch this movie as a kid or if I really just watched the TV series um, or other stuff that they put out involving the Jetsons because this movie didn't really bring anything back to me as far as like, oh, you know, like you had that connection with those creatures. I couldn't pull anything from the movie as far as remembering it. So I'm not really sure if I ever did see this. So it was definitely for me kind of all new. So what'd you think of the movie itself? I didn't like it. I'm just going to be honest. I was really hoping for the best from it. And it did kind of start out good. And I was like, okay, this is, this is cute. This is fun. Then it just really didn't feel like a very good movie as a whole. 
I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it lost some of the character that we're used to with the Jetsons. I don't know. There was just something missing with it. And I just, I will never watch this again. I'm not really too sure that it has a place in my collection of things that I will ever revisit. I definitely understand that. I don't know. I'm still kind of debating on it. I did find it interesting that they use Tiffany for the daughter Mm -hmm. and yeah that was something that I read up on that there seemed to be a lot of controversy I don't think that really worked as well as they were hoping it was going to work for the movie Mm -hmm. and I and I think that's kind of why part of why it didn't do as well because I looked up to see kind of how successful the movie actually was when it came out and it was a pretty big disappointment at the box office. I think it only brought in about 20 million, um, which was not at all what they were hoping for. And so I think a part of it just had to do with them. I don't know. I, I, I don't really think them using Tiffany was a great choice when the original actor of that character was available. That okay. just seemed kind of like, she, and I, I read that she recorded all the parts, but then at last minute they replaced her with Tiffany. And that was just kind of like a F you in that girl's face. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really shitty. I feel. I, I had no idea about that. I just assumed I, di- I didn't do any deep dives on that. I assumed that it was maybe they weren't available. And I know it was probably recorded in 89 since it came out in 90. And so Tiffany was big in the late 80s. And so getting her was in a sense would have been, oh, great. That's awesome. We've got some extra star power because so-and-so is not available. But since she was available, I just, I did see that the gentleman who plays Mr. Jetson, George Jetson, he had had a stroke is what they were saying. And so they had people reading him his lines to then read back because his short-term memory had been been lost and so maybe just a mixture of a lot of different things they didn't have a good good connection anymore with that it just it did feel very very broken honestly well you saw the dedication at the end to him and Mr. Spacely because they both passed before the movie came out Mm, yeah so it was it was definitely I feel I read somewhere that someone was like this movie kind of was cursed from the beginning with those two characters the passing of the Elroy character not too long before which is why they had to replace him and then the whole switch up with adding Tiffany in seemed like they were trying to do something different and doesn't seem like it worked the way they wanted to No, I completely agree. Now, like I said, I, there were some little memories from that, from watching, because I I can remember watching it with my parents and I think my brothers just enjoying, like I said, the, the little bear looking characters and then the blue, the blue one. It's like, okay, the, it's unlocking a, a certain part of my memory, but there's only so much there because I think when I had seen it, it, I was just so young. I didn't really have much memory from it, except those, those just stood out. That's it. All in all, it's a, what was it? An hour and a half that we'll never get back of our lives. Yeah. Thankfully it was a, it was a little bit on the shorter side. I, I didn't realize that it was kind of a musical in a sense, because you saw there were some musical Mm -hmm. numbers and I was like, wait a second, what's happening right now? I, I was kind of thrown off by that. I felt like it was a very weird inclusion to all of a sudden they start breaking out in song. I mean, the songs were good. Like the ones that Tiffany sang, I felt were good. I didn't really feel what's her name. What's what the, who does she play? Judy Jane? What? Uh, Judy sounds familiar. I'm so horrible (laughs) with those names. I'm like, I keep on saying like that girl and I'm trying to figure out what her name was. The only reason I remember George Jetson was because the actor who played him's name was also George. Oh, (laughs) and that just, that's, that part stuck in my mind. And so the rest of them, cause yeah, it was, it it was weird. It was Judy, Jane, George, George. and then Elroy. Elroy. Yeah. Very. (laughs) It it was just, okay, we've got 
the J sounding names, even though George is with a G, but then just throwing Elroy in there. It's like, (laughs) hey, where where did that one come from? That's true. That's a little off. Didn't they say like that George Jetson was supposedly supposed to be born in here in 2022 to be the age that he is in that? whatever year there's that's supposed to be I want to say it's something like 2062 or whatever I believe it was like 40 some years in the future yeah which is crazy to think of looking at all that technology that they're using I'm just wondering if we're even going to get to that point this was back in 1990 Mm-hmm. And most of that was also from this show, which was even earlier on, it's so futuristic. And now we're we're starting to creep up there. And it's like, okay, so where is this? Where where are these uh, flying flying spaceships that are <laughs> the size of cars? I know they're they're working on like some flying cars, but that's that's not the same as this little spaceship. A lot of us have had in our minds from the Jetsons. I mean, regardless of your age, you mentioned the Jetsons and they know exactly who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. The plot of that movie is interesting. If you don't know the Jetsons, Mr. Jetson works for parts company, I guess is kind of what you can consider it being. Head manager, owner, whatever he is, CEO, has one satellite office that isn't turning out the parts that needs to. Managers of those that place keeps disappearing, quitting, automat- like just randomly quitting, whatever. They decide that he wants somebody there that's expendable. Puts it to him as a promotion. The place, the machines, the big thing is need a, they need a human to press the button. Mr. Jetson's, of course, super excited, and but he's got to move the entire family. The family starts to like, what's going on they've got like there's a mall there there's sports for the little boy they're starting to kind of integrate themselves but then boys go and like explore the plant quote-unquote disappear well it's a they're drilling into like this these cute little creatures home so then of course I make friends with that and they're like, oh, we can't be, we can't be doing this. We're ruining the home, blah, blah, blah. Ends up working out for everybody. The little creatures, I forgot what they were called, trying to save their home and all of yeah. that, which I thought was cute. I thought that was, you know, kind of a nice bonus to the movie. But then at the end, when they all are working together in a sense, are they not just still drilling into their homes? So <laughs> what they pointed out, and it was very, very quick at mm-hmm. the end, was that they were recycling the broken parts. That's how they were saving their home was instead of actually drilling, it was just refurbishing all the old ones because they had tons and tons of old ones that were broken or just warped from use and they were able to revamp those and bring them back to life so yeah they they didn't really touch on that too much it was just super quick Mm -hmm. and everything but I feel bad though that they have to work to save their home like why can't he just get the heck out and go somewhere else that just seems a little bit unfair I I, know I completely agree (laughs) that's he, he wasn't a nice character. And if I remember correctly, the show, he wasn't either. Did you get any Flintstone vibes in some? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, especially <laughs> when he uh, lands the spaceship and the bottom drops out. So he's running <laughs> yeah. and everything. Yes, I did. There were Flintstones vibes and some Scooby-Doo mm-hmm. vibes. Well, you know that person that voiced Scooby is also the person that voiced Astro right yes yes yeah I saw that I was like oh okay so that's where that comes from (laughs) yeah everybody from Scooby-Doo just took over the 90s it took it took me so long to realize that I was like halfway through the movie and I wasn't thinking about it I was like this voice is so freaking familiar and that's because uh of Hanna-Barbera it's a Hanna-Barbera project that's the same company 
as Scooby-Doo. So, of course, they recycle a lot of voice actors on things like that. Do you do you remember that ride at Universal, the Hanna-Barbera one, the fantastical world of Hanna-Barbera? It was like a simulation ride where they had the Jetsons, Scooby-Doo, the Flintstones. There was some like different other different characters in it, but it was all in that whole world of Hanna-Barbera that they opened it in 1990 actually, and then I think it went all the way through to 2002 so it had a pretty a pretty long stint there at universal i only went to universal one time in that time frame i can't remember if i remember what you're talking about from like the videos they used to do like the little like videos that they would you could send in for and it kind of give you like the disney vacation type this is what you can get excited for and we had gotten that for both Disney and Universal, if I remember correctly. But Bef- yeah, before we went down there, because it wasn't internet. It wasn't the internet to be able to see what we wanted to do. And we were coming from Kansas and driving. So we, we wanted to have a good game plan. I vaguely remember it, like part things about that. But I can't remember if it's because of the video or if because we actually wrote on it. I think we probably did go on it just because I have like some memories from way back that like are like tucked in, but it wasn't something to me that stuck out super intensely. Is that something is that one that you really enjoyed that ride? <laughs> On, I Yeah, I don't know if I wrote it as well. The video looks very familiar, but again, I don't, you know, I don't know if I was personally on the ride, but I do feel like, because we obviously grew up here in Orlando, so I, and I know we, we went there quite a few times. My dad had jobs out there, so we would get passes and whatnot. So I, I feel like we definitely would have wrote it at least once. It just seems... It just seems like a ride that we would enjoy as kids with all the different characters that were involved in the ride. I just feel like my parents would have enjoyed it as much as the kids would have. I do miss a lot of those because those were big features that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. The the Flintstones, Scooby, the Jetsons. I, I do admit the Jetsons were probably not my favorite. like I did I didn't really watch a lot of that it is definitely an interesting concept the that whole premise of the show and the movie it's been long enough since I've seen the shows I don't know how like I don't remember how in line the plot is with the shows they're really just I think it's a little jumpy and watching it as a kid I think You know what? You know what I think made it better for watching it as a kid was watching it on TV and there was commercials. So it kind of broke it up and almost made it kind of feel like parts of a show or something. Watching it now as an adult, you realize how inconsistent, how like weird and not interesting it is. Yeah, they definitely tried to give everyone like a subplot. Like what was the mom doing the whole movie? I forgot what she was. She was up to like some something. She was shopping, wasn't she? I think she was like shopping, like trying to like make the home their own. Really wasn't doing much. She's kind of she's kind of like the typical how a lot of those family shows a lot of times the moms aren't big contributors. They're more like emotional support and everything. The daughter trying to get over her heartbreak of not being able to go out on a date with a singer or whatever, and then finding somebody else that's just as cool and likes her for her and not just because she's pretty. But I did like the little boys. His his plot line's a little bit more enjoyable. Yeah, I did too. He's able to make friends and but he kind of he kind of drives the story a lot more than the rest of the rest of the characters I think well I mean he basically solved the mystery for his for everyone he basically was the the one that rescued everyone 
Yeah, and I I do like that that part of the plot, and especially since the Jetsons was a very kid oriented show, it makes young kids think, oh, I could be like him. I could I could make a difference. What's your thoughts on Rosie though? Like, would how would you have ever wanted a maid like her? I like how she kind of isn't like the typical yes sir, yes ma'am type of maid. I don't know. I guess maybe it fit well. I mean, her attitude is very millennial Gen Z type attitude, honestly. <laughs> but it which is really interesting for being originated in the 50s, 60s. I don't know. I think I, for me personally, if I ever had that, I would maybe want somebody that's a little bit more easy to like converse with and not necessarily like I wouldn't mind them giving me them their opinions. I don't know, maybe finding a better way to say it as opposed to how Rosie was. I mean, she was just super, super blunt and I wonder how long she's been with the family, though, because I I almost feel like George could get on your nerves a bit, and because you you know in the beginning of the movie she was basically having to to get him out of bed and get him to work type thing. So like maybe she's just has done that so many times she's just sort of over his nonsense and is like, look, <laughs> get your ass out of bed. And you have a super easy like. Can you imagine waking up like that and you have everything just, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to lift a finger. You got your showers going, your clothes are on and like you're okay. Now you're, you're getting pushed off to work on a, what are those things called? The moving conveyor thing. So like he didn't have to do a day and like his breakfast, like his breakfast was super boop. (laughs) What was that? I don't think I'd like that personally. I like having some say in my morning routine I guess well that's the other thing though like thinking of it as Rosie having not just being completely computer program like having emotions and emotional responses which to me kind of is a little scary thinking about that it's very creepy <laughs> the theme song you know it's like dun 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 I like the theme song, though. I feel like it's super catchy for, I mean, it's very 50s, but it, it's like what the 50s thought the times would be like now. So it kind of has that spin on it. <laughs> it is very instrumentally driven, which is kind of cool, like to see something in the 90s like that instead of more like, I don't know, like when we were talking about the TV show theme songs, it's very different. And well, I like I like that the theme song it they, they utilize a theme song to introduce the characters. You know, what I mean, it's not it they like it's literally like here is Elroy, here is like they they utilize it in that respect, which I think is kind of different. Absolutely, and I like it though. It makes it to where you feel like, especially if you were watching the show back then, you wouldn't be necessarily confused on who characters were if you just jumped in at mid-season or something like so that I do I do definitely like that and like you said it's very catchy too I'm surprised they haven't done a reboot of that yet to be honest but you know you know what'd be kind of interesting though and I'm I'm saying this I'll probably regret it in a few years when it actually probably does come to fruition a live action movie yeah because they did do the live action Flintstones Scooby so I'm surprised they haven't done I don't know how it would work, but yeah, honestly, I would watch it. <laughs> I I honestly would watch it. I would give it a I would give it a go. I would too. I do feel like like you said before, be, kids growing up in the 90s probably ended up watching it more than a lot of other decades because of their, you know, our parents growing up with it. So of course our parents are like, "Oh, the Jetsons. I remember that as a kid. Let's put it on for, you know, and I do feel like that's kind of how it got transferred more so than it, than any other way. That was also a good thing for like parents to throw on to occupy their kids while they had to go do some chores or do the dishes or cook dinner or something like that. So I think that's kind of how 
some of us got ended up getting to watch it. So thanks, mom and dad. Probably my favorite part of the movie is when Elroy like just like finds out what's going on, and we get to see those little creatures, those little bear creatures. That is the one thing I remembered most from the movie. And I, because I think they also like came out with like little plush toys for it. And obviously, 1990, I wasn't born yet, but I think my brother really liked it and had one of those plush toys. Cause I, re- I just remember like seeing it all the time. And it's like, it's not something that we would have watched all the time. And so I, I think it was that he had a plush toy and I hijacked it because once I was able to because I I liked, I thought it was a cute toy. You took it and then you're like, what's this from? And then watched the movie and probably was like, okay, I'm never watching this movie again. (laughs) And then here you are, how many years later? Like, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, like, dang it. I told myself I wasn't going to do that. (laughs) I made a promise. 90s was a big time for getting the family together and sitting around the TV and watching something as a family, doing the family dinners, then the family TV show, movie, whatever. And so that was something that I think they were trying to bring the generations together because a lot of kids at that time, their parents may have grown up with the Jetsons. And so to bring it, inter- try to introduce it to a new generation and with this movie, I think was trying to bridge that gap. And unfortunately it just really didn't work. It did it didn't mesh well for everybody. They they took a shot and they missed horribly. But something else that I liked about these two movies that we're talking about is they're both very like they both kind of pull from a from an environmental aspect, which I know is super big like in the 90s everyone wanted to push environmental issues so I thought that was kind of cool that the Jetsons was creating this environmental topic and then the rescuers down under obviously is very like conservation animal poaching like that type of thing that they're they're work, uh, focusing on in that one which I thought was kind of neat very very different themes to focus on in the nineties for kids than what they would now, you know, usually like all those kids movies are very fluff, but these ones I I felt like actually had a pretty, a pretty deeper meaning to them that, you know, obviously as a kid, I would not have understood at all though, unfortunately what they were trying to say. I I definitely don't think I will be watching that again (laughs) anytime soon it was good to kind of unlock that not everything is going to feel the same when we rewatch it as an adult so it's kind of fun to see what we still like and what we do not but yeah I mean it wasn't an awful movie I just didn't enjoy the whole thing Mm -hmm. there were bits and pieces that were good but a lot of it I was just I didn't really care for too much there are definitely some some interesting parts some okay parts but all in all our consensus here for ashley and i at 90s noise it we're we're not going to be watching it again (laughs) (laughs) now i i do apologize if any if any of you out there just absolutely love and adore this movie it hey that's part of part of what we're doing here is Everybody does have their opinion on what what shaped them, and we're just going over what shaped us. So next up, we are talking about the Rescuers Down Under, and that is the sequel to the Rescuers, which the Rescuers came out in like 1966, I think is what IMDb said. So I picked this movie because when I was going through all of my photos, I found a picture of me at a birthday. I believe I must have been five or six. And I noticed that I had cups and plates and like a tablecloth that was rescuers down under themed. And I, I was like, whoa, 
where did this come from? What is this movie? I, I had no recollection of ever liking this or anything. So that's why this is a movie that we are going back into because I must have liked them as a kid, but I honestly rewatching it again had no memory of ever seeing this movie, which is so strange for me. I'm the exact opposite on that, actually. I, when you mentioned it, I originally was thinking of the first one. I was like, there's no way that one was 1990. Those two kind of ran together in my memory. I absolutely loved those movies. I'm thrilled when you were like, let's do that one. I'm like, yes, absolutely. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, no, I loved, loved this movie watching it or re rewatching I should say because I'm I must have watched it at some point and I watched it with my boyfriend and he he memorized everything he was like oh yeah this is about to happen and here's this shot and I was like holy crap like what so he definitely was a huge fan of it as well though I did do some digging into it and it didn't do that well at the box office at all it was up against home alone when it came out Mm. so how could anything do that good when you're up against literally the one of the almost classic greatest movies from that time period so I can see how it didn't do what they were hoping it would do especially with them both being very family oriented. It would have been one thing if it was up against Ghost or Mm. one of the Rockies, I think came out Mm. in 90. It would have been different if it was up against that. The families had to choose which to go to. And I'm sure parents were, it was between animation of mice or (laughs) a live action movie. And I know as an adult, If I had to make that choice now, I 98% of the time would go with live action Mm -hmm. and not, not even just wait until it came out on video for the, the animated. I didn't, I didn't realize it was up when it came out, it was up against home alone, but that does make complete and utter sense of why it didn't grab the audience as much as it could have. Yeah, definitely. I love Home Alone, a movie that I will rewatch to the end of time. I do feel like The Rescuers Down Under had a lot of really great aspects to it. One of the things that I really enjoyed about it was that it was set in Australia. And I, I am kind of part Australian. If you go back to my grandmother's side, she's from Australia. So that may have honestly been a reason why my family chose to watch that movie because, you know, having those roots to Australia and seeing this movie that unfortunately though, it didn't have enough Australian accents in it as I was hoping yeah. it would. I kind of was disappointed in that respect to the movie. I did really enjoy honestly the opening shot. Like I I thought the opening sequence shot of just going through that field and up, you know, with that shot of Ayers Rock in the back background was really cool. Like that was really something that drew you in immediately. And you're like, wow, what's about to happen? I blame Disney for, and that movie as part of my intro into loving all things Australia. As far as I know, I don't have any distant connection or anything <laughs> to it but it is definitely on my bucket list just from all of the different movies and shows that I've seen and looking back that would have been probably one of the first movies that I would have seen that was based in Australia my false sense from Disney was that animals could truly talk to humans and humans could talk back and everybody would understand each other so Thanks Disney for that. Uh, I appreciate yeah, that. <laughs> I think that's a that's something that a lot of kids would have loved, and even still, as an adult, I wish that animals would talk back to us. That's that's what we want. I I, I did truly enjoy this movie, and it was great to rewatch it. I I teared up a few times. I don't know about you, but I truly did. I was like, oh yeah. I cried during this movie when I was a child also. How mean the hunter person mm-hmm. is kidnapping the boy, going after all these animals and tore at me even now as an adult for something to have that strong of a of an impact is incredible to me. I agree. I really did not like 
that part of the movie. I didn't tear up, but I was definitely feeling some type of way when that evil villain was on the screen and saying and doing those things with the animals like that did not sit well with me. I did not like that part of it. I felt really bad. I was like, no, not the animals. I will say that going back to the beginning of the movie and how this little boy who he's, I don't even know how old he's probably what eight. He's super young. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And he just tore up that rock he was like free climbing this thing badass no equipment I was like wait a second what's happening right now that was cool that was awesome and then the fact that he was so young and he was going on this adventure by himself and his mom was just like all right be back (laughs) home by by sundown (laughs) and it's like what I mean I understand that now things are different, whatever. But even back then, like, where was that freedom growing up? Like, okay, go, go off 15, 20 miles away from home by yourself running around. Yeah. You saw that opening shot. That house was in the middle of nowhere. So he had to have ventured out pretty far. That was one of my big things with rewatching it as an adult, knowing more about Australia, especially just thinking about that and going, what parent in their right mind? Like this only happens in a show or a movie. Like this is even with it just being animation, this would only ever happen in this setting because he, he walked and ran. Mm-hmm. It, he didn't have a bike or a skateboard or anything like that. Well, he well, did have a kangaroo to ride on. So that got okay. him, you know, a little farther than. <laughs> okay. I, I forgot. We've got those kangaroos in our back pockets for, for those long distance journeys and everything. The rescuers down under basically just follows this little boy in Australia, Cody, on his his adventure of saving this rare golden eagle mara marahu marahu so he comes across this golden eagle that was captured by the main villain of the movie mr mcleach and so he is basically on this mission to save her and protect her and her eggs that she has but then of course cody gets captured by the poacher and I still don't understand how that happened because he's he's capable of climbing up this huge rock by himself to kept to save the the eagle, and then he goes he gets he falls into this little tiny hole, and then he can't get himself out, and then he gets captured. I'm still just kind of like, that doesn't make sense, Cody. But okay, so so then he's captured, and we see him with all these other other animals from Australia that he's captured with. That's kind of where Bernard and Bianca come in because they are on this bigger mission where all the mice have, they have some sort of, what is it, like agency that they're all working under. For So each mouse is from like a different country. It's like a UN of mice. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. It was kind of like the UN, yeah, for the mice, which I thought was super cute. I, I liked the whole the intro to that where they were sending out all the different signals from different parts of the world like oh we got to all get together there's been a boy that's been kidnapped or whatever and it's now it's up to these two mice to go and rescue him from from the poacher thankfully though in the end you have uh, bianca and bernard they make it in time to save cody from being thrown into this river of crocodiles and then just just in the nick of time, here comes Bernard and saves the day. Because <laughs> I was not, I would, I honestly didn't think that he was going to be the one that, I, I know that was kind of the whole point, like obviously they were going to have to save him, but the way that it was leading up to it where Bernard just wasn't m- making any good decisions, he wasn't able to propose, he wasn't able to like save her from all these different situations and he just kind of got pushed back I didn't honestly think he was going to be able to to pull it off in the end so there was a nice redeeming redeeming quality that he was able to to rescue Cody 
And finally, finally, he asked Miss Bianca to marry him. <laughs> and she said yes. She said yes. <laughs> uh, you know what? They should have had a follow-up movie of their marriage and them on a final rescue mission. Like the day before their wedding, they have to hurry up and do some sort of rescue mission. And then in, in the nick of time, they, they save whoever. And then that jumps right into them getting married <laughs> i would have watched that <laughs> you know th- there is still time because this is the second of a it's a two movies the rescuers came out in like the 60s i think okay so i was wrong on the year it was 77 not the 60s so and so like 30 years later the rescuers down under we're 30 years past that all right we're just, so we're just we're putting it out there for y'all <laughs> time for a third one <laughs> i think if they changed it up changed it up enough still kept it true to what it is if they change it up enough you could pull the audience the audiences back in and and they would enjoy it if you know and not don't do the same thing as you've done the first two movies change it up a little bit and i think i think it would do well i think they could even as a tv series i think they could do a little bit more with it oh yeah that would actually be really cool as a tv series yeah, that, that, I, I could see that as working. Either each episode they're saving something, somebody new or you carry a one long season as they're them saving one person. Like, I don't know, but you could do different things with it. Type of thing? That that would be pretty cool. I, I'd watch it. I would watch it. I agree. I, I mean, anything with animals. If Well, I guess. Well, yeah, because there would be the mice and they could probably put other animals in it. Yeah, I would watch it. But yeah, I thought I thought it was a really fun movie to to go back and rewatch and I thought the whole the whole cast, all the characters, I thought they were all really well done. And yeah, it it was a cute movie. I I was rooting for Bernard cuz he's he was just kind of the the nice the nice guy and mm-hmm. you kind of you kind of felt bad that he was trying to do everything but he was just kind of more mediocre but yet he he was able to save the day I I did I I do love how they do that and kind of brings things full circle and he he finally got his girl mm-hmm. he did I mean it was almost kind of like a kids action hero movie you know, if didn't didn't you feel like it had that type of vibe where it was some little kid just going out and saving the world almost? I, I felt like he didn't really need the help of the mice. I thought he was a pretty badass kid and he was able to climb these huge rocks and save this huge, huge bird that almost the inclusion of the mice was not necessary because he probably could have done his own thing and he probably had his own movie and been like what's his name uh tom cruise you know mission impossible and kind of done his own <laughs> series of you know yeah. movies like that for half the movie it's almost like you're watching two movies mm-hmm. in this separation of them i think part of it was also to remind people both for children and, and mice that it didn't matter how big you were that even the smallest person or creature can make a difference and i think that was the big gist of it as to why they included the mice yeah i wouldn't have mind watching the adventures of what was it cody yeah was his name the adventures Mm -hmm. of cody that would have been a fun i could have seen them going on with a tv show for that or something and yeah him rescuing all those animals in Australia. mm -hmm. I feel like that's the one thing about the movie that they sort of ended it abruptly. Like whatever happened to the animals, whatever happened to the eggs that hatched, you know, we kind of had to put our own ending to it. Yeah, that was one thing. Now that you mentioned it, I'll have to say that was one of the things I did not like about it because it was very just here you go because birds i mean aren't don't they imprint mm-hmm. on the first creature they see yeah and so they imprinted on wilbur did you enjoy john candy 
as an actor growing up at all? Do you remember his work? Yes, I do. I was actually just reading that they are making like a biography movie okay about him i think if i remember correctly i think ryan reynolds has been <sighs> tapped for something to do with it uh, but yes i do remember john candy a lot of his stuff growing up one of the big things that i remember him from is Spaceball. my favorite movie is of his is uncle buck that's my favorite movie from him but no he him as wilbur was good I I, yeah. I enjoyed him in that character yeah and it was I did too it was just enough it wasn't too overly done but I think my favorite scene of the movie was the two mice riding on Wilbur and they're like flying into to Australia and you have you have Jake who's trying to give them how, like how to land basically like trying to be to be the guidance and he's like yeah this is not gonna work dude and then he he just busts ass and, <laughs> and and then he like lands and then there's like a brawl that like saves him from going any further i thought that was super cute i liked how they how they did that whole part that was probably one of my favorite scenes from the movie honestly just any of them with with john candy i thought he probably for me really made the whole movie so much more enjoyable because he had more of the comedic aspect because honestly without him the movie was more serious you know it was very dramatic and and almost made you cry a couple times I think it made you cry a couple times because you know all the all the poor animals caught I would probably have to say that Jake was well one because he had the Australian accent of the movie so he was basically carrying the whole movie as an Australian movie so it was all on him to give us that I just thought I I honestly could have watched more of him like I, I wish he had a little bit more involvement in it because I thought he was a really cool a really cool character that he was he was comedic he was spunky he was he was a kind of a badass and I could have seen him and and more parts of the movie and definitely have have done more like honestly I, I almost feel like they didn't need to call Bianca and Bernardo out that Jake could have probably managed to save Cody just fine in my opinion he reminded me a lot of uh Steve Irwin yeah yeah well I think yeah he had he had some Steve Irwin some I think Crocodile Dundee was really big like in that time so I think some of those qualities came over for sure. Who was your favorite character, though? It's going to sound kind of funny, but you know the character? I don't even know what kind of animal he is, but the one that's locked in the cage with Cody. Oh, well, the green thing? Yeah, the, like, lizard who's... I don't know. I just always really liked his character. He is funny. Like, he was very... Like eight, like anxiety almost. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he was a hot mess. <laughs> and so I don't know. I was a hot mess as a kid too. So I think that I think I just uh, resonated with him and everything. So I loved how he was like with the tail and stuff and everything and like just hitting his head like almost there, almost got it, and then like it flies open and. He's like just stumbling around, and they're like, "You got it." He's like, "I got it." <laughs> yeah, kind. Yeah, he kind of caused a little bit of chaos, probably for them. Then was not needed. <laughs> yeah, it was a really good fantasy type movie. I did feel like it was a very fantasy based, almost like maybe this was something the kid could have almost came up with. That none of this really happened, but. It was almost his fantasy of how he lived his life out in the Australian outback. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> almost kind of like some of those where you find out like the person's been in a coma or something. And <laughs> it's just the entire movie was just their coma dream or something. I, I think that's a little too obscure for Disney, but that would have been really pretty damn cool. If it was one of those, 
Yeah. Cause I mean, let's be honest, that bird that he saved and rode around on there, that doesn't exist. That bird is, no. that bird was massive. And yeah. And then you had the mice riding around on fireflies. Like those have to be some really big fireflies. Like that just yeah. didn't seem plausible. So it's almost kind of, they put in what the boy remembered or just, I don't know. It just could be almost like a, what you, you, you as a younger kid, your imagination is so much more vast. And maybe that's just kind of how he chose to see things. This will, this one will always have a special place in my animated heart. I agree. I love this movie. But I did like the Rescuers Down Under animation. I thought that one was really well done. And I know there was mentions that it was utilizing a... I want to say a, a brand new technology or they were at least the first animated movie to utilize that technology and it just it really sort of gave the movie this whole new look like everything was really popping at you and just felt super clean and crisp and just even coming out of the same year as the Jetsons I thought that the rescuers down under won the animation by far. It it just was way better done. It definitely was, I think, a bit more ahead of its time than some of some of the other things in the nineties for animation. That is one kudos to always give to Disney. They they do an incredible job with their animation. They've they employ some of the most incredible animators that I've seen, even going back to their earlier animated movies were just incredible. But yeah, this one, this was definitely a lot crisper. And especially because I watched it Rescuers, then Jetsons. And so then going from the Rescuers Down Under to the Jetsons, was very almost back in time in a sense mm-hmm. on animate on the animation itself it was definitely an improvement from the tv show but i did still feel like the animation was a bit off yeah there's there was just something and maybe it's because we're so used to newer things now <laughs> and more higher tech animation that looking back on that is just weird and discombobulating Mm -hmm. uh, almost that is it for 90s noise be sure to check back next week with us be sure to follow like subscribe review send us a send us a dm on instagram too 90s noise let us know what you think of this episode and previous episodes Thank you again for joining us on 90s Noise, and we will be back next week. Bye.